Welcome to Insurance Uncovered, the first property casualty insurance podcast, bringing you perspective and insight on top issues facing industry professionals. Insurance Uncovered is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kathy Imus, and today we're uncovering data security compliance where you can learn how to develop new policies and procedures as South Carolina becomes the first state to adopt the NAIC's new model law. Plus, insurance innovation. We talk with this year's award and innovation winner about how your company can foster a culture of creativity. But first... The U.S. House has passed the International Insurance Standards Act designed to protect domestic insurers from harmful international regulatory standards. NAMIC worked with Democrat Denny Heck from Washington State and Wisconsin Republican Sean Duffy to support the bill which safeguards the state-based insurance regulatory system from being undermined by international trade negotiations. NAMIC will push lawmakers to include the legislation in a package the House Financial Services Committee is preparing to send to the Senate. The business of insurance came up recently during a House hearing featuring Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson. While much of the hearing focused on other issues, Secretary Carson was asked directly about his view of HUD's role on insurance. Here's the quick exchange between Carson and Representative Randy Hultgren during a June 27th oversight hearing with the House Financial Services Committee. The McCarran-Ferguson Act generally states that unless Congress says otherwise, insurance is regulated by states uh, and at the state level here in the United States. Do you believe that HUD has the authority to regulate insurance, housing insurance, or otherwise? Uh, I uh, have not read any document that gave us that authority. This question came up a second time from committee chairman Jeb Henserling, with Carson again acknowledging that HUD does not have the authority to regulate insurance. In May, South Carolina became the first state to enact the NAIC's new data security model. Now, insurers are scrambling to review the requirements and develop policies, procedures, and forms to ensure compliance. We spoke with Jeff Baker, NAMIC's Director of Compliance, about why all insurers, not just those in South Carolina, should start looking at these requirements now. When you think about having to have the the program and writing up the program, doing the formal risk assessment, determining what the risks are, and then trying to determine how do we manage these risks, what what are the resources, and now we're, we're less than a year out. And this is a this is a big process. I mean, the first thing you've got to figure out who's going to do the risk assessment. <laughs> so uh, you know, companies have to be they have to be on this probably now. This is not something I think they can sit on for uh, any any period of time if they haven't done it. Is there have been security breach and and information security laws on the books for several years? Um, you know, this is a bigger one, but. My feeling is companies should probably have a lot of this work done already. Baker will be part of a NAMIC webinar on July 19th to brief members on how to approach compliance with the model's requirements from a practical perspective. It will cover topics ranging from performing a risk assessment, developing an information security program, drafting an incident response program, creating procedures for investigating and reporting a cybersecurity event, and overseeing third-party service providers. A week later, NAMIC will host an in-person training session in conjunction with the South Carolina Department of Insurance. 
Compared to more progressive industries, the insurance industry has struggled with innovation. But as Bob Hartwig, professor at the University of South Carolina, told us, InsureTech is a disruptor that companies should embrace rather than fear. We spoke with Dr. Hartwig at this year's management conference about how these emerging technologies give insurers an opportunity to shop for a variety of solutions to find one that's the best fit. Uh, when I mention the fact that I view InsureTech as far more complementary than disruptive, um, I'm really running counter to the narrative that you hear out there. You hear coming from Silicon Valley that, look, the tech giants and the technology companies are coming to eat the industry's lunch. They're going to usurp the incumbents, and uh, nothing will ever be the same again. In fact, only 4% of startups in the PNC space are actually insurance companies. Uh, the rest have found that the, what is likely to be most lucrative to them are business-to-business solutions that help insurers improve their efficiency um, and their competitiveness. There are many mutual insurers who share Dr. Hartwig's opinion and who embrace a culture of innovation and creativity. That's why NAMIC honors those companies each year with the award in innovation. On today's Unscripted, our Chuck Chamness talks with the president and CEO of this year's award winner, Mutual of Enumclaw. Eric Nelson tells us about the innovations that help his company add value to policyholders beyond just submitting claims. Well, thank you for joining me here today, Eric, on site at this year's NAMIC Management Conference here in beautiful Hotel Del Coronado, Coronado, California, just outside of San Diego. Unfortunately, podcasts don't come with visuals, or everyone in our listeners could understand and see the beauty of this uh, scene where this meeting is taking place. Chuck, once again, your staff's knocked it out of the park. Uh-huh. Spent the day at the beach with the family. It's a fantastic location. Yeah, well, we, we, we ordered the sun for you. You know, there's a little marine layer, a little cloudiness that was there, and we ordered it to be burnt off. So Eric's coming to the beach with the family. You need to get the sun out and get that uh, clouds sent away. But really, what we're here to talk about in the podcast today is something that happens every year at Management Conference, and that is the uh, Award in Innovation. We've been doing this since 2014, and it's really a way to recognize mutual insurers who exemplify the vision and the entrepreneurialism that it takes to stay relevant in today's world. And the reason you're here today is because this year's overall winner, best uh, with five best-in-category winners, is Mutual of Edomclaw. And so let me start by congratulating you for being uh, this year's big winner. Thank you, Chuck. I really appreciate it. We're <clears throat> really excited about the award. It's uh... It's a neat honor to be awarded to be recognized by your peers mm-hmm. um, when there's so much innovation going on in the mutual space. There really is. So, you know, tell us about um, you know what what uh, earned the award for Mutual Venom Claw. What was your uh, your entry? And uh, you're right; it was uh, determined by your peers to be the best. Uh, well, this year uh, we we have applied every year, and. and um, this year, our theme was uh, generated from one of the conversations we had at the CEO roundtables probably several years ago. I think, I think you were working on the current strategic plan, and we were talking about the value of being a mutual member. And at the time we had that conversation, <clears throat> while we all agreed there's great value being a mutual member, we uh, also had to admit to ourselves that at times our members may not feel that value as compared to uh, other companies that just provide insurance policy. So we took that back from the CEO roundtables and met with our staff and 
and talked about how can we make it, uh, being a member of Mutual Venom Club, valuable beyond just paying a claim. And so we started talking about things that we could do um, beyond just claim identification. And we came, up, we came up with three things so far. We've had other ideas, but the three things uh, that we submitted in um, our submission are the Mo Perks program, which is a discount buying program um, sponsored by Abenity. And they essentially congregate all of just about anything you can purchase from prescriptions to tires to movie tickets. And, um, and we private labeled that with Mutual Venom Claw and, and created an app that our members have that uh, will give them a discount on just about anything they can buy. Uh, the, the other thing that we've been talking about is loss prevention versus just indemnification. And um, in the West, we've had significant wildfires uh, and significant increase in the volatility of wildfires in the last few years. Uh, 2015 was the, well, 2014 was the worst wildfire season we'd ever had in history, <clears throat> and then 2015 was even worse. So we were looking for a way to protect our members, and we we ran across a company called Wildfire Defense Systems, uh, who is a private wildfire mitigation firm out of Montana. And they um, literally map all of our property data into their system and track every single wildfire on the West Coast. And when our members are threatened, they will then um, dispatch their engine and crews and um, access our insurance properties when the fire is within two to three miles. And then they'll do mitigation activities, either defensible space. They have um, uh, portable irrigation systems to irrigate the, the perimeter, or they'll actually put fire retardant gel on the house if the fire is imminent. Uh, and in the last several years, they've saved um, you know dozens and dozens of homes particularly last season when we had very big, slow-moving fires um, where they could get in front of it, and um, they were at hundreds and hundreds of our members' uh, home sites to protect them from fire. Wow. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's great. First, you start with the conclusion, which is there's value in being a mutual policyholder, and then thinking with your team at the company, how can we demonstrate that value to policyholders who may not you know, be aware of it today and demonstrate it in a real and tangible way through either mitigation in the wildfire defense or in the perks that go with, uh, you know, I'm a policyholder, I'm special, and I get certain benefits with that. Mm-hmm. And then the third item that was part of the submission was the wildfire defense um, helps. And so uh, in 2017, we had one of the worst uh, winter storm seasons in history. Again, uh, we're getting tired of these uh, unprecedented events. Um, but we had significant snow collapses in southeast Idaho, central Oregon, and um, we had five separate snowstorm catastrophes all within the first three months of 2017. And so we started wondering, how, well, how can we help prevent these snow collapse losses? Because uh, um, for the ag riders in the west, we ride a lot of potato farmers, onion farmers. One um, potato shed with a crop in it that collapses under the weight of snow is about $1 to $2 million. Yeah. So big losses. And so uh, we happened to be sitting around wondering how we might help prevent this. And we said, we wonder what the wildfire defense crews do in the wintertime. <laughs> and so uh, I called their president and said, what do you crews do in the winter? And he said, well, I have a hard time keeping them busy. And we said, what do you think about giving them snow shovels? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we, we, we put it together and we um, they obtained some specific snow fighting uh, snow removal equipment 
did some training of their crews, and then they actually built a weather database to track snowstorms across our territory and, um, and would get ahead of the storms and triage the large value commercial and farm buildings. And uh, last winter, they were literally shoveling snow off of our members' roof six days a week. Uh, and we didn't have any collapse losses uh, in 2017 or 2018. Wow. Yeah, I happen to be with um, Senator Crapo, who's chairman of the Senate Banking Committee and a senator from Idaho. And I learned that term, onion sheds. I was in his office meeting with him in Washington, and how are things back home? You know, he's got a lot of snow, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, the onion sheds are collapsing. And it took me a moment to think, onion sheds? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. they store the onions? Big storage so, yeah. buildings. Yeah. And they're very uh, climate-controlled, and during that time of year, they're full of onions. And when they collapse, uh, it's a big claim. Yeah. Yeah. must be dangerous to be on the roof shoveling snow off the onion shed. Uh, I suppose it could be, <laughs> but I'm hoping that Wildfire Defense has their own insurance I'm sure they. I'm sure they not only have that, but safety equipment, tethers, and everything They did else. a significant amount of training of their you know, crews on how to do it. They bought some specific equipment that they uh, didn't necessarily have to. Um, they make, uh, I think they're called snow rakes, but they literally have, you can throw them up on a roof and pull them down, and it will... Mm-hmm. You really don't have to get all the snow off, just, just the weight of the snow. Right. So, Well, this is, uh, I mean, clearly you can see the uh, how you deserve the award this year. You know, my question next is really, as a company, did you identify innovation as a specific goal, or is it just naturally developed within the company, part of your DNA and your overall approach to customer service? Yeah, our approach to innovation is we... <clears throat> We had started out trying to be innovative, um, but we had a hard time uh, actually executing. And what we what we landed on was innovation was really about doing new things and not just thinking about new things. And so, what we do is we put a problem in front of our um, associates at Major Vimclon, and then we ask them to solve the problem. And so, how do we create value for the members? How do we mitigate wildfire? How do we mitigate snow? And out of those, that problem solving has come, you know, great new ideas. And so to us, I think um, putting that goal or that problem out front is what create, and then giving people the ability to try new things is where the innovation comes from. I think you've just answered the next question, which is really, I wanted to ask, how do these kinds of initiatives originate? And it sounds like you know, you and the team challenge staff to think about the members, the policyholders, and and what kind of innovation would uh, benefit them, and then they kind of take it from there in terms of the idea generation and then the execution of how would we put this together. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's what we do. Excellent. Well, you know, what is it that um, I guess I know our member companies very well. And I don't know that all would feel like this kind of creative activity would be uh, something they could accomplish. I mean, I think um, it takes a certain spark to get the ideas going, to want to get beyond the day-to-day and execute on some of the ideas. What is it that you think makes it work at your place? I think we are open-minded to new ideas. We we uh, we feel like being unique, and then again, the overriding thought process is how do we um, 
make being a member of Mutual of Enumclaw valuable, and it's going to be beyond, I believe, just providing an insurance policy. And so um, I'll just give you one other example. We, we felt like our members were not getting enough um, in our net promoter scores. Um, we had a high amount of survey responses that said they never heard from their agents or from the company after they bought their policy, and that's a common complaint. Um, and so we said, well, how do we create more of a post-sale relationship? And we posed that problem to some of our associates, and we came up with our um, real-time personalized videos, of which we were we received an innovation award earlier for. And that was, again, solving a problem of how do we contact our members more often after the sale. And uh, this was a video that um, is real-time based. It, it draws off their database as they click on the video, and we can now send that out pre-renewal um, after they buy a new policy all throughout their life cycle, uh, of which um, we didn't have the ability to do that before. So, again, it's just getting the problem out there and then giving people the ability to um, find ways to solve it. That's great. You know, as CEO, you have a role. Obviously, you're helping create the environment that these ideas and this execution takes place in. Um, how do you encourage it, or what advice would you give to other CEOs and uh, leaders in our industry who want to uh, stimulate more innovation in their companies? Uh, I think, you know, we talk about failing forward, but it's a hard um, you have to allow people to make mistakes, and so we've tried things that haven't worked, and you can't um, beat people up for things that don't work. And so I think we have an environment where um, we're willing to try new things, and if it doesn't work, we'll move on to the next. And we operate from a given history. We are exactly where we should be, and so we don't try to say we should be someplace else. And I think that's sometimes it's hard to do because... Um, you want everything to be perfect, but we realize that's not quite how life works. So, certainly doesn't in the insurance business. Perfection is uh, unachievable, but uh, often to be uh, strived for. Well, Eric, thank you, and uh, congratulations again on receiving the uh, award in innovation here at Management Conference. And I uh, appreciate your time today on the podcast. Thank you very much, Chuck. On the next unscripted, Chuck talks with Kara Reguel, president and CEO at Gen Re. They discuss the benefits of the mutual insurance industry and why having a long-term mentality deepens the relationship between mutual partners, allowing them to make stronger, better decisions. And that's a wrap for us today. Don't forget to tune in to our next episode of Insurance Uncovered on July 25th. I'm Kathy Imus. Thanks for listening. <laughs>